welcome back to Lost in Roshar, the ultimate journey through the Stormlight Archive. I'm Christian Kremling. And I'm Jimmy Stormbless. Did you miss me? You thought, <laughs> just when you thought I was gone, they pull me back in. Today, we are diving into chapter 43 and 44. And uh, Christian, this is this is full Stormlight spoilers, okay? So if you haven't read book one, two, three, four, and the novellas, I would get out of here if I, if I were you. But, you know, Christian, I know you've read them, but you try to get rid of me. You, you, no, you, you uh, auditioning other people on the show. What, what, what's going on, man? I had the locksmith ready to change the locks, and you just snuck in right now and started recording. I don't. I mean, I'm still getting my bearings, but I mean, um, I, I, I was going to start you in the mailroom this week, and uh, you're going to work your way back up. <laughs> Listen, we heard the outcry from the fans. They said, "My God, this show." <laughs> Cannot survive without Jimmy Stormblast. No, we uh, we we had uh, our good friend Jake Bishop come on last week, and he, and he was able to fill in for me as I had some other obligations. And uh, Jake, if you're listening, you better be. Uh, we genuinely appreciate you coming on. And we had a ton of people reach out, very very high on Jake. Uh, even some people saying they liked him more than me, which was uh, hurtful. Uh, but that's okay. We're we're, we're good. Uh, <laughs> but no, in in all seriousness, uh, the episode was great. I listened to it. And uh, I thought thought you two did well. I thought it was missing a little bit of pizzazz, as 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 we say, uh, for me. But you even read chapter summaries and everything. I was so proud. Uh, yeah, it turns out I can read if I if I really focus. <laughs> uh, I did realize, I'm like, wow, Jimmy does something on this show. He's not just a pretty face um, on our <laughs> on our non visual podcast. <laughs> um, but no, it was great having Jake on. Thanks for coming on, man. And. Uh, but I, I won't lie, there was a gaping Jimmy Stormbless size hole that no amount of Kremlings could fill. So yeah, it's good six, to have you back, mate. About 6'1", <laughs> 210 pounds of solid steel and sex appeal was missing from this oh show. Oh, my God. My See, goodness. I was on board until until this. See, this <laughs> is why the mailroom's a good place. You know, just get through the span reads, pass them up to me. I'll take care of it. Um, I'll take <laughs> the chain it of me. command. Yeah, yeah, that's it. How have you been though in, in your um lovely lovely break from the show? What's been going on? Well, you know, we had a Thanksgiving here over in the States, so I went over and uh to my family's house, we ate a bunch of food, and then I went to other family's house, ate a bunch of food, and then all of a sudden I'm up on five I'm up five pounds. Like what am I doing here? And uh unfortunately my staph infection came back, so I'm fighting oh, that again. God. Yeah, which sucks, honestly. Uh, so I'm at the point now where if this infection does not clear up, uh, actually, I have an appointment on Monday, as in tomorrow, as of recording this. And uh, they're probably going to send me to a, a infection specialist, which I didn't know was a thing until they told me it was. And uh, hopefully then I'll get some some solid answers of like how to just completely kick this because the reoccurring staph infection is a bit of a bummer. Yeah, geez, it's yeah. it's like the running the running B plot <laughs> to help show. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not something that you want just uh, running amok, and especially no. for extended periods of time. Plus, being on antibiotics for so long, like just absolutely wrecks your gut biome and whatever else. So, I'm trying to get through that. But I did have a wonderful holiday and, and a good time. I was excited to hear the episode because I just wanted to be like, I wonder what it sounds like, like you know, as someone who doesn't know what's coming. Like I, I didn't know what was going to be said, right? Usually yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I listen back to the episodes, so I, I was, I was kind of excited, and I had to say it was very entertaining. I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, I, I can't. I, oh, I struggle listening. Um, 
Maybe you should do an episode with Jake so I can do this experiment and we'll see how it goes. But uh, you know what I hear helps with um, staph infections? Heard um, some black olives. <laughs> the black olives at the table, you've left them sitting there Thank Thanksgiving and uh, you got what was coming to you. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't even let them on the table. I keep them out of the house. Were they there? Were they there? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. No one if brought someone brings any. black olives to Thanksgiving, <laughs> I'm throwing fists. Like, it, there is no if, ands, or buts. I'm pulling out the spear. Yeah. I'm, I'm hitting them with the shard blade and putting them in the dirt. I'm sending them to the shades, Mar. What, it, what did you, what was your request? Wasn't it like um, max out? Yeah. Did you have that? Bro. Five I, pounds of it? <laughs> I'm not even joking. My wife made five pounds and it's all gone. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I ate it over like four days. People. Yeah, my stomach didn't feel great. I uh, I ate so much mac salad, so much turkey, mashed, you know, all the carbs and stuff. So, yeah. um, I found myself like looking forward because I, I talked about Thanksgiving on uh, Bend the Knee as well, and mm. I was like, I can't wait to talk about what I ate, <laughs> which is kind of just shows you where my priorities are at. Well, my Thanksgiving lunch, yeah, <laughs> lots of I, pie. I was just away with some mates as well, and I cooked and a pasta of epic proportions and everyone was polite i mean now now that i say it i'm like did they just not like it but nobody wanted seconds maybe it was just that good <laughs> and i was like you know what i don't want to have leftovers i will i will take the hit and just eat until i drop so Commitment. we just we just know what's up on here on lost in Russia. I feel like seconds are kind of not fashionable anymore because everyone's trying to be, you know, so healthy and conscious of their calories. So I feel like people, seconds are frowned upon now. I you just gotta, feel like more motivation to move, you know, if I, I have a second. I, I like to think of it as my ideal. You know, I, I, I have my own ideal of gluttony and I <laughs> swear to it and I abide by it. And I will take that brave first step back to the buffet line after I've already cleaned out a plate of nachos. I'm not afraid. <laughs> The words, Jimmy. Remember the words. Remember the words. I will go back for seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Tubby, these words are accepted. <laughs> uh, I want like every level of ideal for our food eating, lack yeah. of self-control. I mean, I can give you mine. Gambling addiction, uh, <laughs> chronically overeating, <laughs> being vain, staring in the mirror a lot. I, I mean, oh, yeah. we can keep going on. Mine are really just a seven deadly sins. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think we start with, I will, what was it? I will always accept seconds. And then maybe I will find seconds even when there are none to be found. <laughs> I'll come back with the third and fourth ideal. I'm working yeah. on it. I feel like we just need like an animated version of me on the YouTube portion of this podcast eating like a Kremlin. No, no, that's yeah. just that's like cannibalizing, host. <laughs> cannibalizing eat. me eating you. <laughs> oh, God, it's what the people want. Um, hey. But speaking of that, we for the audio only listeners, we've had a major visual upgrade on the YouTube channel. Um, and out of that, I'm curious, are there any audio like are there people who just know us on Spotify? and don't know about the whole YouTube side of things. If you can respond to the Spotify um, comments, I'd love to, I'd love to know that because I have no, yeah. I have no idea. If you found us strictly through searching for a podcast about Stormlight, download it on your podcast app, send us an email at lostinroshart.gmail.com. We're very curious about this because I think you exist out there. I'm talking yeah. directly to you. I believe that you're out there and uh, it's just interesting because YouTube is like a whole other thing and there's like niches because of the algorithm. And uh, I just, 
I would love to hear success stories of people being like, I want to storm my podcast and then looking up on Spotify and lo and behold, they find a little bit of Christian Kremling and Jimmy Stormblessed on their Monday mornings. Sometimes Tuesday, uh, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes Wednesday. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough yeah. out here. Um, yeah. Look, the edit has got significantly larger. It's, um, what, when I have no, I don't know why, but when you know how your file sizes get massive, when you render mm-hmm. on Final Cut, the last episode like bloated up to almost 90 gigs and my laptop just freaked the hell out and I had to delete so many old movies and all. And it just, yeah, it's, it's not just, uh, I thought it was just going to be us talking until Mike like an hour a week. Oh, easy content. That was the plan. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not the case. I've never worked harder on content in my life, but uh, it's a good time, man. Yeah, and shout out to Christian. He does all the uh, editing on the audio. So uh, when you guys hear this, you know, it is enhanced and edited and hopefully sounds crispy clean, uh, especially compared to what our program gives us default uh, out of the uh, out of the packaging. It doesn't sound this good. So Christian does a lot of a lot of stuff to make sure the show sounds professional and high grade. Thanks, man. You know what? I, and you know what irks me about that? It's like, I feel like we kind of got it, but we got it on episode two. So like our, our only subpar sounding app is the first one. And that's where everyone will go. It still sounds better than most podcasts. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, It was cool getting a Spotify wrapped on the reverse side of it this year. To see yeah, that. we yeah, that, that should be our, uh, we don't have a weekly poll this week, but I think that this is probably something that we should um talk about because yeah it's pretty cool yeah do you uh, is there a quick way to look at this um i was surprised i i was genuinely surprised at how many like top tens and top fives we were in for people yeah we were uh top podcast for 330 fans um so for 330 people we were their number one podcast of the year and 942 people had us in their top five listen to thing on spotify and 1200 had us in the top 10 this show hasn't even existed for a year and we're only talking about Spotify. That's, uh, you know, iTunes is, is still or Apple podcast where they call it now is still kind of king uh, overall. But to have those kind of numbers on Spotify only a few months in, I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I'd, I'd love it just with all our analytics we get on the back end. There's no real clear idea of like the lost in Rochard total audience between YouTube, Apple and Spotify. I'd love to get a clean number. But yeah, alas, same here. We'll never know. I saw uh, someone asked, like, how many people listened in total on that post because you put on the community tab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, uh, like people are curious. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I just yeah, I said we hover around two thousand and an app on on Spotify. Yes, um, and then on YouTube, it it kind of fluctuates. Like YouTube is very tumultuous. It really depends on the algorithm and the day and what other people are posting. But I've with the new visuals on YouTube, with the new rebranding of all the thumbnails, it looks like we're on an upward trajectory. So we'll see. And I also yeah. did a very clickbaity title with the Jake <laughs> episode, which helps just doing Stormlight Fire predictions, which were the last 10 minutes of the show, but still it counts. <laughs> it does, and it all kind of ties in. I mean, we're we're being more informed as we go through the reread and whatnot. Um, so it's all it's all related when it comes to Stormlight. Did you see we got like an official release date for book five? I did not. And, and I was gonna say we were moving into the Sanderson update. I mean, yeah. Dra- Dra- 
dragon steel happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big thing. So what is the date? Well, yeah, this, I think he said it at dragon steel. I don't know if he said it's on the first day or the last day of neck of 2024 dragon steel, which is, uh, I think December 9th or December 7th. It's one of those it's there somewhere. Okay. So we're about a year out, but it's going to release at dragon steel. And I was offering to Jimmy that it would be pretty glorious if uh, two podcast hosts would uh, saunter into the <laughs> into the into the um, convention center if they would have me. Yeah, I feel like once Jimmy walks into the building, he'll burst into flames. There's, a, po- there's a possibility. Again. I'm always misbehaving. You know, it's just <laughs> it's a problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like that event was a huge success. People were very, very excited. We got the uh, extra. So we, we said it was a second prologue. Remember, I kind of said I think it's going to happen. It did because I'm clairvoyant, obviously. But uh, I saw someone say it wasn't a prologue, but an interlude. So is it an yeah. interlude or a prologue? He read an interlude. Yeah, I think the prologue was tweet was him memeing on The Way of Kings. He read okay. a new interlude, which was very, very cool, which related to almost every interlude from the way of Kings that we've read so far. So that was very fun to, to hear. Um, maybe we can go through it one day. Yeah. I haven't actually, I haven't, uh, went through the entire thing, but you gave me the cliff notes and I was pretty excited because a lot of the stuff that me and you have been asking about, like this hasn't been explained yet in the interludes in way of Kings. The ones we've just read a few weeks ago have, and I, maybe not answers, but part the next part of those interludes yeah. are in this book. I mean, this is some pretty cool stuff. So, folks, if you haven't checked it out and you want to, you, you can find that online. I still need to read it. I know some people we don't want us to necessarily talk about that, but most likely we will in the future and just give a warning whenever we do. Won't be today, though. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like for me i'm like oh yeah pay off for a few weeks ago but it's like 14 years of <laughs> payoff yes. which is crazy it's it kind of it's, it's always weird to think way of kings was 2010 that's just a long time ago now <laughs> very long time ago and, and some of the stuff that uh even that we end up reading today uh in these chapters has payoff almost a decade later which is just true Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, was there any other Sanderson updates? I know he's probably selling some other box or something. I, mean, I feel like every week I check, he's selling something new. I'm like, my he God, is. The, the merch train is crazy. But like, Are all Cosmere fans just broke constantly? <laughs> I, mean, I, I would be. Yeah. I mean, the stickers and all that, that, that washes over me, but the way, uh, the words of Radiance Leather Bound. Oof. Oh, that my friend. That to me. My, my, um, I had like the, the, um, Looney Tunes, heart eyes, something (laughs) (laughs) very extended man. That trailer has like a really long black screen and just like (laughs) hype, hype sounds of a storm. I'm like, is this, is this going to start anytime soon? And then eventually, yes, we see the glorious red, red themed as opposed to blue words of radiance. And I was like, why'd he go red? Is it the um, Pashendi element, the Everstorm, that kind Maybe. of thing? Yeah, yeah, it could be. I wonder what the glyph actually means because I saw there's a new glyph on the side. I never really looked into why, uh, which glyphs are chosen for those books. But yeah, it's cool to see all the, the love that goes into them, all the details. And I'm keen to see which art. I saw this, I saw um, 
this lovely fan art of Shalan and the um, Great Shell, you know, when she jumps off the off the ship. Mm-hmm. There's like iconic fan art. You see it everywhere. They've included that in the book. And I wow. hope um, I hope one day our, our resident artist at Lost in Roshar, Connor, gets in one of these books one of these days because he's, he's great. He deserves it. Yeah, he's a fantastic artist. Shout out to Connor. Yeah. God, that'd be so cool. Be like, that's yeah. our podcast guy in the leather band. Oof. Yeah. Well, he's got, what, eight more? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You just got to hang on through the decades and see if you can, if you can get included. You know, the, the last thing of the Sanderson update, I will say, is he did a good video with Daniel Green in the past week or two about the publishing industry, um, like five predictions for the future of publishing. And all of Sanderson's ones were like pessimistic. Like that, that's just what he, like he, he decided he'll do doom and gloom predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was encouraging people like to retain the rights of leather bounds and special editions. They're like the vinyl records for the um, hmm. like equivalent for authors because it's like hard to make money with all these subscription services and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a very good point. And yeah. Uh, I know other authors who have sold a lot of books, millions of books and talking to them, finding out that, you know, the subterranean press edition of their book, they saw no royalties from. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, Crazy. Um, So definitely very important. So good thing Sanderson's uh, casting some light on that. I feel like he's always looking out for his fellow authors, at least Mm -hmm. in some, some fashion, which is great because sometimes when you get that big, you kind of forget where you came from. Yeah. (laughs) Um, is it time? Do we, do we actually talk about these bloody chapters? Yeah, let's do these chapters. Uh, Christian is up very late, um, because he's a champion. And Mate, you're, be- you're the one who's up early. I got lucky on this deal. We wouldn't have started yet. Typically. Um, yeah, it's actually true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about chapters 43 and 44 today. These are both Kaladin chapters. One is a present day Kaladin chapter and one is a flashback. The first one is chapter 43 called the wretch. And the epigraph says they lived out in the wilds, always awaiting the desolation or sometimes a foolish child who took no heed of the night's darkness. A child's tale. Yes, but this quote from Shadows Remembered seems to hint at the truth I seek. See page 82, the fourth tale. And the wretch goes on uh, to have Kaladin wake up dreading in despair and Kaladin's depressed again. That's kind of what's happening. And he is saying that he is going to give up the almighty has simply given Kaladin another chance to prove himself as a bridgeman nothing more um and we end up getting introduced to bright lord mattel and his wife hashel uh hopefully i'm saying those correctly and you know they're your typical light eyes they're not very nice <laughs> Kaladin ends up uh getting accosted with a spear butt and has a moment where he feels like he could probably beat up all the guards in the room but decides against it knowing that it'll only lead to him being murdered um so they get assigned to chat chasm how we say chasm chasm <laughs> duty and uh we go down there with taft and rock and everybody else and this is where the crew is like Kaladin, what's our next move and he's like i don't have one yeah and we get our first quote of uh, part of the Radiant Oath journey before destination. Syl likes the saying and encourages Kaladin not to give up. Kaladin thinks for a while and finally decides to try again, announcing to the men that the only chance is to try to escape. He offers to train them as spearmen, hoping it will increase their poor odds of escaping. All but Rock agree. Fighting is beneath Rock. He will cook instead. <laughs> 
Uh, man, I loved. I actually loved this chapter. I know not a whole lot happens, but just I, I don't know. I, I'm I don't know really how to articulate it well. But I read it outside today, and I was just I was just totally engrossed with the boys down in the chasm. You know. Well, I mean, I think there's a there's a lot to like about this chapter because it's a it's not just a turning point for Kaladin's character to decide not to give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is it kind of an introduction, I mean, we've seen it before, but like we're seeing that this is a repeating thing with Kaladin, yeah. aka a chronic thing, aka depression in, mm-hmm. in its true form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also a turning point for for the crew, and we also get a little bit more characterization for rock and he won't fight and we should wonder why that is so you True. take all that and then you throw it into one of the coolest settings of uh, in this book which is the chasms i mean the chasms are so bleak and terrible and and ter- you know just kind of grim and uh, i i forgot how intense that the descriptions were of it and i was shocked by the graphic nature of it sometimes i forget that sanderson can go just a bit dark he can do it, yeah. and it certainly comes through whenever he talks about the chasms. Yeah, and agreed with all those points. And I also love the whole majesty of like the knight's radiant words coming back out, mm-hmm. and everyone's ver- the varying opinions on it. Because you know, Kaladin, like you, you're kind of hoping that something's going on here that's going to connect to that. Um, but you can see how Teft is definitely the odd one out, being like. Oh yeah, you know maybe maybe we've got the history wrong, and everyone's like, "Mate, what are you talking about? Too much fire moss." We'll see yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of questions about the Knights Radiant and and the interpretation of what they did and why they did it, mm. uh, which which is really really interesting. And at one point, one of the guys said, uh, "Like <laughs> basically, hey, like what are you going to tell me next? That the Parshendi are the good guys?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he kind of says that. I'm trying to find the exact insert, quote. Yeah, right insert character. <laughs> yeah, right here. Scar says, "I can't believe you're arguing about this." Tav Scar said, exasperated. What next? Should we let the Voidbringer steal our hearts? Maybe they're just misunderstood or the Parshendi. Maybe we should just let them kill our king, whatever they want, which is interesting because it turns out that they did they did misunderstand the Parshendi. Yeah. Turns out it's just like a bald guy with a rock, you know, sometimes it's yeah. just a bald guy with a rock. And, and then you have Rock over here, and he's laughing. He said, hi, you know, void bringers, lowlander nonsense. You you breathe all this air, makes your brain soft. And it's just interesting to think about this whole group of people that do not believe at all in these void bringers. Yeah, like no they one's really exist. got it right. No one's really Nobody. got the story quite right. Um, did you also catch when Syl Loki reveals she she's done all this before? Well, she says, I've killed a man. And I was like, what's says, that I, about? I, I've helped men kill before. So, yeah, like, And she said, and I don't know why, but it was a good thing. <laughs> Sus. Is that going to hold up in court? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I helped. Pretty sure what, what's up with that? So you think it's it's her being bonded earlier? Yeah, yeah. We find out later that she was like, she was, she was bonded to a radiant like ages and ages ago who died. So she was cheating on Kaladin. Yeah, before he was born. Yeah, um, we still don't accept that. But yeah, unacceptable. You know, it is what it is. So that was cool to see that. Um, you know, the the seed of that planted right away here, and very quickly like moved on from. It's just dropped on, and they're like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess, I guess she did that. Um, 
I mean, going back to the start of the chapter, I'm, I'm just a sucker for any like cool Kaladin moment. So when he like caught the spear, I was like, Ooh, yes. Very, very satisfying. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious his martial prowess is, is there. We get a lot of evidence that the Kaladin we see do some amazing things here in the near future mm. is, is definitely something that makes sense uh, for, for him in this world. I, I thought it was interesting that he, he ponders a lot on the almighty and I wanted to ask sure. you about the almighty. So, the Almighty is essentially the God figure in Roshar, right? Yeah, yeah. These people and the tranquil halls and the big fights and all this stuff. So here's my question: How does that mix in with the Cosmere theology, right? Because like we know of other religions and all these things, like uh-huh. it's like a multi deity universe. But like, isn't there one that's above all of these things? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does this work? Because they're saying, well, when we die, we go to these places or or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, but do they or do they like do they have it wrong? I'm 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 kind of lost on how these things connect as far as like Cosmere goes. Well, these guys, like this part of Roshar calls you know, they they call the Almighty who it really is is just honor. It's just that singular shard of honor because he had a lot to do with the humans as they as they came over from their old mm-hmm. general planet. And over yeah. time it's just like he's he's the dude. He's our one god. They're not really, I mean, at least the vast population is not aware of any any other deal. So mm-hmm. that's what they do. Because there's other, I mean, there's other so, parts so of you Roshar. Don't, who, but, but does that exist? Is I guess what I'm saying. Like, is, is this like a matter of fact? Like that, you know, the Tranquil Halls actually exist? That, that I think is like a, that I think there is like some sort of equivalent for it. But it's like something else, you know. Okay. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to break down all the religions in in the Cosmere. I think that would be something that would be worth it. And like, what are the similarities between all of them, and which they believe in the afterlife or anything else? And then stuff that I'm sure there's know. some crossover for sure. There so has to be. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna refer to our. Um, our personal notes, um, <laughs> the copper mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the Tranquiline Halls it says in Varan doctrine, the Tranquiline Halls are the original home of mankind, as well as the heaven to which those who are worthy to go when they die. Varanism holds that humans were driven from the Tranquiline Halls by the Voidbringers, but with the help of the Heralds, they are fighting to take back their home. So that just sounds like it's a, it's an insert for Ashen, their first planet. That's what I'm getting hmm. from that. So I just wonder, like, do they really go to this place? Like, and how does this place exist? I guess like other people who die on other planets that aren't Roshar don't go to this place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah, I, I don't know if they necessarily do. I think that just might be their story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Th- th- that's what I wanted to verify is that yeah, it was yeah. just simply the story that they believe. I mean, like the next chapter had me thinking a lot about like deaths in the in the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, there's a further discussion to be had there, but I th- there are definitely like sort of <laughs> hashtag death hacks in the Cosmere. Death de- hacks, depending on like how hashtag invested you are. But like, if you're more magical, you can last in certain realms i think um a little bit longer like the heralds are obviously dying but coming back so there's something there 
Um, but with this whole Trenkle and Halls things, I think it's just playing into the origin story that like, oh yeah, the people aren't actually from here. And we're going to go back and reclaim it. What I want to know about is what's going on over there on Ashen. What does it look like? Is someone repurposing the planet? Is it completely void? I could see there being some sort of repurposing. I, I wonder if it's ever going to show up in Stormlight. For sure it's going to show up in some secondary content, but I don't know about the main series if there's room they go for back. It. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it's definitely going to show up in the flashbacks for the Heralds when they're POV characters. Is there a chance that they could take things from Roshar with the Fabriel magic and everything and be able to make measures and like terraform Ashen? later <laughs> that could be cool and then after this book five travesty that's going to happen and people are scattered like maybe some people leave roshar oh i mean like a mass evacuation type deal go yeah i mean would you evacuate to your old place though that's the thing you'd probably it's the only place you know i guess <laughs> how did they pick roshar no, I guess it's just, yeah, that's another great question. It was just like the closest uh, available. When you look at the star chart, it's just like Ashen, Braze, where the heralds go to like get tortured, and Roshar. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and, and was there a chance that someone made this happen? Like, And what I mean, but I know they blamed it on the humans, but like, could there have been nefarious forces that put them in this position like they wanted to get these people specifically on roshar mm. well the story goes is like they were they were experimenting with surge binding and magic too much to the point that it caused destruction and supposedly the herald ishar as well as being the person who got them off the planet may have had something to do with those experiments. He's the one mm. that we see like mucking around with Spren and doing weird experiments at the end of rhythm of voice. Absolute nutter. And Jake's theory was that he was going to be the champion, Odium's champion. So. Hmm. I kind of like that. I wonder. Yeah. I think the, the origin story will definitely be a, a very long <laughs> long awaited payoff that we're going to see in the later, in the later books. You don't think it'll be book five? No, no, okay. no, no, I don't think so. Think well, then I'm a, not reading it. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you notice the foreshadowing that Kaladin's going to fly? Oh, when he's like, he's thinking about, he's like, I could fly, I could fly for a few beautiful seconds or something like that. A short time later, Kaladin stood at the edge of the chasm looking down. The hot light of the noon sun burned the back of his neck and cast his shadow downward into the rift to join with those below. I could fly, he thought. Step off and fall. Wind blowing against me. Fly for a few moments. A few beautiful moments. And he does just that, doesn't he? Yeah, it's true. And it reminds me, I mean, I ended up reading the the chapter in rhythm of war because of the basically because the next chapter with tn's horse and everything made me go to go, go to rhythm of war right yeah and he does like he he does that moment like because in here he's thinking about doing it just just to 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 kill himself and that's what he does in rhythm of war like he he jumps off the top of the tower with that intention entirely and reading that yeah. scene just after reading this chapter was wild because you're like, this is four books later and we're back here, you know? 
There's so much in book four that I forget, and I can't wait to to get there in seven years when we finally. Dude, I yeah, I legitimately cried just reading that one chapter by itself with like no context today, and I'm just like, yeah, man, this series is it. It takes you there. Right now, this is the jam. Yeah, it's my jam. Um, It's awesome. But yeah, that's I'll, I'll talk about that more next chapter. Um. I don't know. It was just like as as hopeless as it felt. It was a very calm chapter. I don't know why. I just felt very calm. Calm. Let I me don't read. Know why. Let <laughs> me read this, folks. I'm going to read this paragraph, <laughs> and you do, tell me what's calm about it. You don't do the this. pile of bodies, don't you? Do that one. That's the bodies fair. were piled there. <laughs> a wall of the dead, arms hanging out, reeds and flat Sam stuck between them. Callad and Saul. At a glance that the corpses were old enough to begin bloating and rotting. So comforting, Christian. Uh, Behind him, one of the men (laughs) retched, which caused a few of the others to do so as well. The scent was terrible. The corpses slashed and ripped into by Kremlings and larger carry-on beasts, many of which scuttled away from the light. A disembodied hand lay nearby and a trail of blood (laughs) led alive. And there goes my alarm to wake up to do the podcast. Oh, no. Um, so yeah, and it talks about a chasm fiend ripped one of the bodies loose to devour all this stuff. So so what about that comforts you, Christian? I'm curious. You know what? <laughs> this all started my love for fantasy. Hey, a song of wise and fire, Joe Abercrombie. You know what? I felt right at home. These, felt- <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is the loaded I, corpses are are your vibe. Corpses, huh? I'm just like I pulled up my blanket. And I'm like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is what reading is all about. <laughs> I'm d- okay. Yes, you've made your point, Jimmy. Everyone's laughing. Ha ha ha. But look, <laughs> something about the boys getting down together, a bit of banter. The knights raiding and coming back. Tef's like, Being slaves. On, like, yeah, just it's really- like, you know, you know, just some bonding time in the chasm duty. <laughs> oh my goodness. She bloated corpses aren't going to bring my mood down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, maybe I. This- um, and the chapter was not okay. I'll, no, I, I do. I, there's a melancholy, which, you know, at times can melancholy. almost have a catharsis to it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and and th- this does have this. I mean, they are interacting. You're seeing the relationships form tighter bonds. Uh, Kaladin go through his stuff and Teft really coming to life in this chapter as well. And then clearly the, you have the the moment where a small rock. And, and I actually wanted to ask you about this. So in this paragraph, it starts out like this. Uh, Kaladin's walking around. He says his foot hit something. He bent down and picked it up, a small rock. He could barely make it out in the darkness. He recognized what was happening to him, this melancholy, the sense of despair. It had taken him often when he'd been younger, most frequently during weeks of the weeping when the sky was hidden by clouds now this is the interesting part during those times tn had cheered him up and helped him pull out of his despair tn had always been able to do that so my question here is him seeing a small rock reminded him of tn right yes yeah okay okay and then obviously the despair he's talking about is, is depression uh which it doesn't have the name Mm-hmm. you know uh, right there but that that's definitely what it is and this is where he kind of turns around and tn is providing him hope even while being dead yeah look i wanted to make this a magic moment but i think it was just like a smooth way of like okay he hits a rock rock tn <laughs> yeah this is a character moment this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. thematic moment um yeah. less so than a really conspiracy nice theory rabbit hole unfortunately i want to mention 
love Bridge Four, but there's like always like a few members, and I'm like, what? Who who are you? Like Scar? I didn't remember him. <sighs> Scar, I only remember because of the K. If he had a C, he wouldn't be in my memory. But you know what? I was like so engrossed in this chapter. And it's like, we're bound to end up dead anyway, Maps noted. You said so yourself. Several of the others nodded. Kaladin took a deep breath. We have to try to escape. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And then it goes, but the war camp is guarded, said Earless Jax. <laughs> I'm like, Earless Jax? <laughs> Excuse me? I just imagine this random guy, like the camera pants to the right. Ned Sheeran. Like, yeah, yeah, it's that's what it felt like. It's I'm Ed like, Sheeran in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it seriously felt like that. Well, I'm like oh, in this God. scene, camera pans, you know, <laughs> earless jacks. Like, did I just change to like Borderlands or something? It just felt so <laughs> random. It felt like a Borderlands name. Um, I mean, that's this is my great contribution. To the I love of discussion. it. Yeah, I mean, you're right though. There's so many people that are mentioned in this book. I'm like, who the hell is this? And then, like in the Copper Mind, you know, it always tells you the characters that are in the chapter, and it's always like 30 characters. Yeah. Long. <laughs> Just mention, like, who are these people? I remember on the A Song of Ice and Fire wiki when you search John, there's like 35 Johns. Oh, I mean, George loves repeating names. Yeah. It's actually hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like eight Rain and Starks. Yeah. He's like, hmm. I kind of love it, though, because it's realistic. Like, family. You know, people do rename, yeah. like, use the same names over and over and over. Like, I'm the third or fourth James in my family. Oh, no way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Whereas, um, Sanderson's, you know, like, you know what? I could just do another Adolin. But you know what? Elis Jacks. Elis Jacks. Or that uh, 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 the the guy who brought Kaladin to the camp Gaz. that didn't have any vowels. Oh, no, oh Tavlaka. Of, to <laughs> of. Yeah, that, what a dumb name. Dude, I'm Gaz still Hash is my fave. Gas Hash. Gas Hash is the top. You know what? I think uh, at the end of 2023, we need like a top 10 Lost in Roshar moments. That's what I want. Oh, a clip show. Everyone does a clip yeah. show. Yeah. Do we ever release the bloopers? I, I was about to say, maybe we should do the ones that we've edited out, except then we'll get an NC-17 tag on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if we can make it. We need to do the Patreon yeah. exclusive. Just have to fill it up, man. You know, so. Lost in Roshar Uncut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, maybe that, that'll be the un, the unreleased yeah. one day when we do like a golden vinyl record of all of our recordings. The archive. The archive. Oh, that's what we should have called the podcast. Mm. The archive. The Stormlight Archive. <laughs> Is that taken? Oh, dude, that's so based. I love it. Yeah. Do you, do you know, <laughs> I got a question for you. Okay. Why is it called the Stormlight Archive? Well, I've said this before. So, so oh, I. Okay. Well, no, but I've said you know the Stormlight Archive. And the fact that it's kind of translated, it, it gives you this idea that someone recorded this mm. book. Like, who is telling us the story? And is I that think we speculated with the Kremlins. I mean, yeah, oh, see, that I love that. But then there's the other side, which I think we're going to find out why it's called the Stormlight Archive next book. Because I think Stormlight's gone. I'm going to archive it. 
like we got to keep. Oh, and then they're trying to figure out what happened, where oh, was yeah. it, how do we use it, how do we get it back? Oh yeah. Oh, you're a hundred. You're on the money. Yeah, dead on the money. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Yeah, and it's kind of a boss move to re- to name a series something that doesn't really become clear until the title's a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there will be at least one person on the internet that says that after book five is released. They'll say, no, you, you can't say. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Let me adjust my glasses. That, sorry uh, if it's you who's listening. <laughs> so Sorry if you're just adjusting your glasses. Nerd. We're all inclusive here. I mean, Jimmy's literally adjusting his glasses. So I am. They roll down quite frequently. Uh, we're in the chapter 44 now. Uh, by the way, Kaladin says, hey, we got to fight our way out. We're going to escape. Rock's like, nah. Everyone else like, we'll do it. And <laughs> that sets off, you know, yeah. the bridge for evolution. So we get into chapter 44. This is a flashback. Unfortunately, no epigraph, which are my favorite parts of the chapters. But it is five years ago. And this one is, 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 is kind of strange in some ways. Uh, but. The summary goes like this. Kaladin lays on the roof after making a temporary repair. Tien joins him and gives him a beautifully carved wooden horse. Kaladin worries because his father had to spend another sphere. Their mother comes out and joins them, trying to uh, alleviate his concerns. The only reason he spent one was to try to bluff Roshon into thinking they were growing desperate. They discuss his future prospects, including the possibility of pursuing other professions, but Kaladin is set on becoming a surgeon like his father. Liren comes out and tells them there is a gathering in the square. When they arrive, they notice that Laryl is engaged, apparently to Roshone himself. Kaladin is appalled and starts forward to quote unquote stop it. Uh, but Liren tells him to stand down. Roshone announces that Amaram is here to recruit and several young men volunteer. The quota is not met, however, so Amaram tells Roshone to read the list of conscripts. This is where Tien is selected for the army, in which Kaladin knows that the only way that he can protect him is to join him because he cannot replace him. And uh, this is clearly Roshan being vindictive. And at the end, we see Liren and uh, Hasina crying because they have not just lost Tien, but now they will lose Kaladin as well. Kaladin swears an oath that he'll bring back Tien in four years. Yikes. Brutal. Yikes. Yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. So this this whole thing um, is, is set up with a paragraph um, that I'll read. And it kind of sets the tone for this chapter. So Kaladin hated the weeping. It marked the end of an old year and the coming of a new one. Four solid weeks of rain and a ceaseless cascade of sullen drops. Never furious, never passionate like a high storm. Slow, steady, like the blood of a dying year that was taking its last few shambling steps towards the Karn. While other seasons of weather came and went unpredictably, the weeping never failed to return at the same time each year, unfortunately. And that kind of paints this like gray sad picture which is funny because it's then countered by Kaladin on the roof Tien coming out Hesina coming out and then mm. Liren coming out it's like this mm. weird family reunion on the roof yeah. like it's a very weird picture to think about <laughs> it was very sweet how they all kept joining I thought it was funny yeah <laughs> it's like just like uh, just <laughs> yeah how far could you take it yeah it's like, hey, everybody. Like, I just, <laughs> what are you guys oh, doing up there? It's Ailis Jax. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, what you doing looking at the rain? <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. 
I want earless jacks inserted in every emotional scene. I agree. Um, this this chapter is dense with my kind of stuff, man. Yeah, I was to say I'm going to let you take the reins here, uh, metaphorically and literally on this wooden horse. Uh, what, what what's the deal? <laughs> you like that? That was good. Yeah, I want to. That's the new Lost in Rosha background. Me and you on the wooden horse. The reins. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Better than you eating me, jeez. Um, okay, look, lots of Tien weirdness. So, like, he's working as a, a carpenter's apprentice and uh, they're dissatisfied with his work because he gets distracted easily. Hmm, what's he distracted by? Everything, because he's a light weaver and everything looks better. Okay, moving on. Um, now, I immediately perked up. Did you remember, did this horse, you're like, oh, yes, Rhythm of War. Did you also remember this whole thing? I knew I knew that it was significant, and I think we've actually even talked about it before because it ends up being given to somebody or given back to him or something like that. Why, why don't you remind me? Okay, it's, it's freaking wild, and the fandom hasn't even gotten a straight answer on this, or like a, a consensus is probably a better word. So in Rhythm of War, Kaladin's, you know, at his wit's end and he's at the top of Uruthiru and he jumps and it's like the moment where all hope is lost he thinks he's lost his dad um Teft has just died all this has gone down and Dalina sees him in the storm with the storm father I mean sorry sorry the storm father first gets a hold of Kaladin and it's like dude say the fourth ideal and Kaladin's like, nah, dude, I'm not doing it. I'm done. He's like, and he's full on, full on, this is it. I, I'm, I'm done with life. And then Dalinar convinces the Stormfather to go back to to Kaladin. And then Dalinar does some bondsmith magic and forges a connection because he feels some warmth in the area. And then Kaladin is transported back to the army on the day that Tien died. But he's talking to Tien and Tien already knows the events of what's happened. And then the whole army scene disappears and it's just like Tien and Kaladin talking about like why you couldn't save him and this whole lovely brotherly conversation and Tien's like encouraging him to like, um, you know, not give up. And then a a funky thing happens where like it shows grown up Tien and then Kaladin goes to his childhood self and they hug and he gives him this horse. And he's like, don't lose it this time, brother. Um, I worked hard on that thing. And and it's physically with him when he comes yeah, back. Yeah, well, yeah, it's in the vision. And then like later, chapters later, he finds it. Yeah, he finds it physically. So it's like, what? Because <laughs> at first you're like, oh, cool, funky cosmic vision stuff. But then you're like, but the horse is there. So, and it's just strange because I'm pretty sure like time travel is out of the question in Cosmere. I believe Brandon has said that. I think I'm so. pretty sure. So like, <laughs> yeah, right. what is going on? Yeah. So for me, I felt like I had a clear idea. I felt like I kind of got it until it. Sh- and look, I actually did reread the chapter whenever Kaladin finds it in person. But I, I I'm like 99 sure that does happen. So, but that's where it throws everything all the theories out of the window because there's no clear reason of how that could happen. Um, yeah, this is, 
this is one of the bigger question marks for the series. Yeah, because it's like how like how is a person who's very clearly dead for many years able to have some sort of conversation with Kaladin? They're the only um so we've got the physical realm, we've got the cognitive realm of Shadesmar, and we've got the spiritual realm. And um Sanderson said everything in the spiritual realm is happening at once. Like time is all, everything's at once and everything is nowhere. Um, so theoretically you could pull anyone from any point in time from there. I don't know if that's what Dalinar's done there. It seems like too crazy for me. Yeah. But also like just Tien being grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So is that an alternate timeline thing where it's like, yeah, exactly. Great point. Yeah, someone can let us know, uh, you know, people who are listening, because I'm pretty I, I actually I'm like 99 percent sure Brandon has said that there's no going back in time. Like time travel is not a thing. Pretty sure he even says it in text in some of the books. Mm. But um, would alternate timelines be banned? I don't Cause, know. Because so, so hear me out, because even though it isn't time travel, it is then saying that there would be different planes to travel to i don't i don't know i mean they're not they're not mutually exclusive but Mm. they're they're pretty they're both out there i guess they're both bending the rules of of the perception of what we're reading so like i just it has to be what this is though it's curious to me because it's like one of the bigger mysteries of the of the series and no one's really talking about it maybe it's just a, a vision and he finds I, it. I guess that's what most people are just like, yeah, it's vision. And then, but like, how, how is it there? What the hell? Like, cause I was like, is this an actual <laughs> stupidly? I was like, is this a magical horse thing? I don't think so. Well, we, we've also talked about the almighty on this episode now, mm-hmm. right. And the afterlife and like, what's that look like? And maybe when people go to the afterlife, they continue their life. Well, the thing is, right. I think there's a, there's a, there's a crossover point because also Tef speaks to him briefly in that scene who had just died. He's like, come on, come on, lad, say the words or something like that. So there seems to be a brief moment where you're still kind of around, but not, Hmm. but like Tien is years gone. That's why it's very curious. He's all grown up now. Yeah. Well, we know he was going to be a light weaver, does does that mean he can stick around a bit longer? But I don't know if he's going to stick around like however many years longer this is. Anyway, it's very curious, and I, 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 that's all I was thinking about as I read this chapter. And he and he shows this, and then I was like, how was he so skilled to do that? Was he just a talented little carpenter, or is there like more to the? Is it is it a light weaving? It's like, like has to be something with light weaving or some significance, and like why a horse? Mm. I mean, Kaladin's like straight up blown away. He's like, "How? How did you even do this?" Yeah, this, that's this what is, I'm saying, man. It's like crazy. almost like Tien is like reincarnated or something. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like Tien has past experiences or some something. I don't know. It's it's a very strange because like yeah, this because it says this. It says, um. So many objections rose in his mind, but Tien's smile banished them. There, in the midst of the dreariest part of the year, Kaladin felt for a moment as if he had glimpsed 
sunshine. He could swear he felt things grow brighter around them, the storm retreating, a shade, the sky lightening. Like, come on. What's yeah, not to mention, doing? Uh, to just to throw some more, you know, conspiracy-minded stuff here, the mm-hmm. next chapter we get Kaladin in is called Child of Tanavast. Oh, man, that chapter's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's, I don't know. Because Hesina also talks that. about her family here. How she's like, that's, right, that's right. my next, that was my right? next point. Yeah. That was my next point right here. Uh, she's talking, talking about the uh, possibilities. She said, the world is changing. My family's most recent letters describing amazing fabrials, like pens that can write across great distances. It might not be long before men are taught to read, which, by the way, is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> men might even read whenever they're like figuring out, you know, how to send emails. But Hasina's family is something we've talked about a lot. Uh, they're I mean- sending letters. Hasina herself is a wild card because Kaladin's like, why can't you just be normal and tell me to go inside? Why is she so quirky and sitting up on the roof with us? But beyond that, so before we got to the span read part, I was like, how are that? Because it says that she'd been talking to her family, didn't confirm how, so they're sending letters. It also says they've offered her spheres, so they've got a bit of cash to spare. Um, And when um when Kaladin's like saying when she's saying all these career possibilities for Kaladin, she's like, You could be a storm warden. And he's like, Oh, but they're trying to see the future, which is like a big no no um in their religion. She's like, It's not the same thing, you'll see. Hmm. I don't know. I just feel like she's just very clued in. Yeah, she she's definitely has more uh knowledge than it would seem uh at this point in the story, but on a reread it, I mean, I think she she has a good idea of more than we do. And storm warden is something I had like completely forgotten about, by the way, like I forgot that existed. Yeah. The, the, the guys like who do maths and they're like, Oh, stop that. Yeah. What a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found it so weird that they had umbrellas. <laughs> That's my point. I was like, they have umbrellas. cardboard exist in rush hour. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the umbrellas threw me. I'm like, how do they make an umbrella? What does this umbrella look like? That's know. a good question. I get hung up on on these little things. <laughs> um, but Amram, to be fair, one of the few times Amram seemed all right here. That's what I was going to say. I was like, you know what? I am Am- Amram was more, uh, maybe not likable, but passable uh, yeah. in this chapter than I remembered. He's like, oh, Roshan, with your little little village politics. He's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll make TM my cup bearer or whatever, to use the <laughs> Westeros term. But yeah, he's so just here's like, a question: mm. Do you think, in this moment, Calvin made the wrong decision or the right decision? <sighs> Big question. Big question. Um, the the part of me who's a fan of the series says that's absolutely the right decision. Um, the part the part of me that's a fan of Kaladin, it's a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very heroic and very noble, and uh, and I really I felt quite I got a little ting of emotion when Tien was thanking him for doing it, and he promised to, to bring him back. But uh, I mean. Yeah, and part of it is because I know how it goes down, but also it's like, what are you going to do? You can't protect him forever. You could do a lot for your family if you stayed. 
Yeah, I so I, I I think Liren was kind of in the right here. I know people like hate on Liren a lot, but it's like yeah. just watching your family sabotage itself like right in oh front of you God. would be very difficult. Um, and I think also Liren is accepting of the treachery of this world and the injustices. And even though clearly he does not want Tien to go, he doesn't want any of this stuff to happen. He's thinking in his head probably, well, if I get one boy through this, then like yeah that's success in this world. And unfortunately for him, Kaladin is of the mind that he needs to go and protect Tien and you know, Kaladin eventually fails and uh, Tien does die. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It's really tough. And I, and I think this is a big moment for Liren and Kaladin's relationship. I mean, it's the last, I don't think we get another Kaladin and Liren scene until books later. I don't know if there is a, I think this is the goodbye scene with them walking off crying and Kaladin's like, I promise I'll bring him back. Freaking brutal. Yeah, this being remember. acted out is going to be heavy. Yeah. I remember just being like, I wonder what Liren and Hasina are up to for like so long. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, what's going on there? The one thing I will say about Hasina is like, I know we've, we've went like way down the rabbit hole of like who she could be, what she could be. We talked about like, what if she's related to her or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, one, I do think that she has, good knowledge of something going on right not saying she knows everything but i'm just saying she like she clearly has some mysterious ties in her family uh but i think the argument against her being super significant is the fact that she didn't stop this Mm. well but how would you though like what what option do you really have oh and that's fair and maybe and you know also who's to say that she knows that she could be someone of importance (laughs) <laughs> i think i think we've got to tell her what's up she doesn't yeah. know. someone should tell her <laughs> um but look it was yeah revenge ain't satisfying as we saw with roshan he he i got so annoyed though when he started laughing extra hard when kaladin like offered himself up i'm like you little <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's dastardly, dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> dastardly, dastardly Roshan. Yeah, a real uh, bag bag of crap, that guy. Yeah, and uh, Laral, who some who somehow forms some sort of connection with him. Um, but yeah, very depressing chapters. Calm, calm. Some might say, anyone, anyone <laughs> endearing. <laughs> yeah, endearing. Um. But look, we've got some absolute bangers coming up. Shadesmar, Child of Tanavast, Full Steam yeah, these next, Yeah, these next two, uh, you know, we've been doing three when we can. These next two are very long. Um, yeah. I think the first chapter by itself is like 20 or 20 or more pages. And there's going to be plenty to talk about in so those much. two chapters. Oh, my gosh, so much. I know it's a slow it's a slow burn, guys. But uh, Jimmy and I were saying, like, there's just a lot to talk about. And uh, look, the... Regardless of whatever happens, as soon as that fifth book drops, the reread, it's not like we're going to be like, all right, chapter chapter three of uh, Words of Radiance. Like, no, we'll yeah. steam ahead on book five. Yeah, when book five comes out, the reread will be paused and we will be doing book five content for sure. Yeah. Which I think is acceptable. This is a reread podcast, for, first and foremost, right? So it's not like we're abandoning a bunch of readers who haven't read the other books. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the first time read through. No. We're just like jumping ahead. Everyone that's listening to the podcast should have read the other four. 
Therefore, when five comes out, it's safe to say that us and all of our listeners would be reading the book at the same time. So it'll it'll be a lot of fun. One year away. Send us an email if you haven't read any Stormlight and you're just here <laughs> for the for, for for the journey. For the banter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's all for this week. Did you have anything else on this? No, chapter? I think that's it. Uh, you know, I'm I'll be excited to see Shalon again. Um, but we are definitely getting to the meatier parts of Kaladin's uh, arc in this book. Yeah, I feel the Kaladin takeover happening. And um, to be honest, I'm all for it. I want Shalon to uh, have some tougher competition this time. Um, but yes, if you, um, as always, I almost read your part, Jimmy. Jeez, one week away and I've already messed it up. <laughs> as always, guys, thanks for accompanying us on this episode of Lost in Rosha. Remember, the most important chapter a man can read is the next one. We'll see you next week to dive into chapters. 45 and 46. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you listen on. And if you have any theories, span read us at lostinroshar at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Lost in Roshar. And remember to keep those safe hands covered. <laughs>